Hello and welcome to the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists podcast for February 2022. I'm Mark, I'm your guest host today. Uh, I'm one of the learning officers here at the college. Before we kick off, uh, just a, a quick and shameless plug. Did you know that you can now listen to this podcast on all major podcast apps, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Audible, Alexa, and many more? Please do subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. As always with our monthly catch-ups, we're here with Derek Munn, who is the Director of Policy and Public Affairs at the RCSLT, who's going to talk through some of the key issues from the last month with us. So hello, Derek. How are you today? Good morning, Mark. I'm very well. Wonderful. So first of all, uh, I guess, what, what key themes are keeping your team busy right now? Thanks, Mark. Well, the first things I'm going to talk about will be familiar to people who have listened to the podcasts before. In terms of the UK Parliament, the focus remains on the Health and Care Bill. Listeners will recall that the Health and Care Bill does a number of things, but principally gives legislative force to the new integrated care systems which have been developing on the ground. Now, for those of you who, like me, are geeks about parliamentary procedure, the bill is just finishing committee stage in the House of Lords. And this is an important stage for us because it's where we make most of our interventions through members of the House of Lords who are supporters of us. And we've had six, eight different speeches made in support of our issues. We focused um, working with coalitions on the place of children and young people in the new system, the place of rehab in the new system, recognition of AHPs, uh, and health inequalities, amongst other things. We now move forward to what's called the Lord's Committee um, Report Stage. This is where matters that haven't been resolved in the committee get pushed to a vote. And the form is that you don't rehash the conversations you've already had. You only move amendments at report stage if you think there are things the government hasn't addressed and really needs to change in the actual wording of the bill. So we've spoken to our coalition partners, um, first of all in the Children's Policy Coalition, and on this we're pressing forwards with the NHS number being used for children which is a long-standing ask, just to make life simpler, both for health professionals and for parents, that you can use the NHS number to track a child through the system. Now, in terms of this bill, it would only count for health and care. And we're acutely aware that part of the issue, a lot of the issue, is tracking a child through education as well as health. But it will be a start. The second area that we're going to try and push to a vote is the status of allied health professionals on the governing bodies of new integrated care partnerships. The government have said, and it's understandable, that they don't want to prescribe to integrated care partnerships that they should have a director for this and a director for that. However, they are exactly prescribing that there should be a doctor and a nurse on the board. So we're saying, we hear what you say about not telling local health systems how to compose their governing bodies, but you yourself are prescribing that two-thirds of the workforce should be there, it is illogical not to have the final third of the workforce also there. So we'll push that. And we're also, perhaps a little more with a spirit of trying to get 
a promise of guidance or regulation, we're going to push around having a rehab professional engaged. So that's what we're doing with the, the Health and Care Bill in the House of Lords. People may have seen that as regards the integrated care systems, operating guidance came out at the new year, which delays the implementation from April to July. And that's partly because the bill hasn't yet got through the, the Parliament, and therefore there's going to be a delay in the implementation of the law. So that's health and care. The second area which I mentioned last month was allied to this, consultation on regulation of the professions. And I talked about the fact that even though we don't perceive an immediate or large threat to the regulated status of speech and language therapy, we are taking no chances. So the government consultation says, and this is a UK-wide consultation for all four countries, says that they have no current plans to take any profession out of regulation. Well, no current plans, we've heard that before. So as well as responding on the criteria for regulation around protection of the public from harm and proportionality, we are taking the opportunity to refresh our evidence dossier of all of the different ways that speech and language therapy practice carries risk um, so that we, we've got that ready to go. A couple more things at UK level. Another parliamentary one, we talked last month about the Down syndrome bill uh, and how the government was accepting it. Uh, the government's clearly in a giving mood. Anyone would think that they had some troubles because actually in the last month, they've also agreed to accept the backbench members bill on British Sign Language. Now, that's been flagged as giving British Sign Language official status. That's an interesting phrase, because in the same way as the United Kingdom doesn't have a written constitution, we don't actually have an official language. Um, English, and to some extent Welsh and Wales, are the official languages de facto, as the phrase goes, but not de jure. So in accepting this bill, it's about giving appropriate legal recognition to BSL as a language, something which already happens in Scotland and Wales, I should add. So that's happened. And the very last thing I want to mention, which isn't a legislative thing, is that members may be interested to go and check out a government announcement around supported internships for people who have had education, health and care plans. So that would be my UK level roundup, Mark. Well, thank you, Derek. That sounds like there's some good news pieces there, particularly with uh, the BSL bill. Um, anything to highlight in the devolved nations at all? Um, I think anyone listening in Northern Ireland will go, anything to highlight? Yes, I think so. Uh, colleagues will have noticed, although it was a sign of the times, that the resignation of the First Minister of Northern Ireland and the potential collapse of the devolution institutions, the day it happened was only story number five on the UK news, but wow. it's happened. What does it mean? What does it mean? There's now no first minister and deputy first minister in Northern Ireland. Uh, the other ministers stay in their offices, but they cannot take new decisions. And the Northern Ireland Assembly can continue to meet to, con to finish existing business but it can't do anything new. So what does that mean? Well, it means that current regulation can't be changed. And this has become an issue because the existing COVID-19 regulations in Northern Ireland run until March the 24th. 
Robin Swan, who is the health minister, has said, we can open up, we can ease, we don't need all these COVID restrictions now, but there is no way of legally removing them until March, until they expire on March the 24th. And as we record, that's still being legally explored. Northern Ireland is also at risk of not having a budget because it, it, the ministers would need to meet to agree the new budget and ministers can't take new decisions. So may sound crazy, but that's where we're at in Northern Ireland. Elections are due in Northern Ireland on May the 5th. In the midst of it all, the usual round of people saying what they would like and lobbying candidates goes on, although in a rather particular environment. So um, RCSLT in Northern Ireland, we do have our election asks. They're now available if you want to check them out on the website. The three things we're looking for from Northern Ireland political parties are maximising the size of the speech therapy workforce, both by increasing undergraduate places, but also alternative routes into the profession. We want equity of provision for all children with speech, language and communication needs. And that's about getting the Northern Ireland Health and Education Departments to work together strategically. And we want parties to commit to a communication inclusive Northern Ireland. And that's about the Communication Access UK initiative being used for all public-facing services in Northern Ireland. So as with all Northern Ireland elections, the constitution tends to dominate. But in the background, we are working to secure these. I'd also briefly mention Wales, where uh, Pippa, our head of office in Wales, recently gave evidence to a Welsh Senate committee on the issue of hospital discharge and patient flow. And we were pleased, of course, that the Welsh Senate wanted to hear specifically from the speech and language therapy profession about what we would observe and how we can help with hospital discharge. That's really interesting. Thank you for delving into that with us, Derek. Is there anything which deserves a special mention at all? There's a couple of things, Mark, I'd like to draw listeners' attention to, even though they're not actually in my public affairs area. I, I would urge listeners to check out the Reports that RCSLT published a couple of weeks ago on long COVID and on the sustained impact of the pandemic. We went to RCSLT members in the autumn and we looked exactly at these two different things. First of all, what have been the long term impact on your services? But secondly, tell us more about the referrals you're receiving for, for post COVID syndrome for long COVID. So please do check out those reports. And finally, I wanted to mention that Health Education England has launched a new AHP research and innovation strategy. So this is very important for being evidence-based, for having a message from the centre that research should be part of what we do as professionals. And actually, we, our events team at the RCSLT provided the support for that launch and Health Education England thanked our events team very publicly and specifically. So that's worth checking out as well. Wonderful. Thank you very much for spending some time with us today, Derek. Um, and to our listeners, uh, thank you for listening. And um, we hope you have a wonderful month. And as always, check back next month for another chat with Derek. Bye.